whole conversation is Patricia being like, where's Joy? Nina. I don't know. I'm Nina. I'm from America. And Patricia's like, I don't care. Where's Joy? And Nina's like, again, I'm Nina from America. <laughs> Sabrina. Alright, hello everyone and welcome to the first official episode of the Anubis Backwards podcast. Hello. Howdy. Alright, so today we're just going to be recapping the season one premiere. I think collectively it was called House of Secrets, but technically it was five episodes combined, right? Yeah. Four or five. Five 15 minute episodes? Yeah, I think it was like five. Yeah, so it's a big one because it was the premiere. So we'll go into the episode summary. So obviously we start with the iconic intro with that theme song. And the first thing I thought was how young they looked, because I'm so used to watching season two and three that season one, they just look like babies to me for some reason. Still a bop. Such a bop, honestly. If you don't jam out to the intro, then like, are you even a fan? Really? Can I just say before, when I went into the house to get my laptop to record, my parents were watching 90 Day Beyonce, and guess what I heard? That good, good house for new background music, and you know, we go hard in my house. <laughs> yeah, We go hard. All the background music is just iconic, honestly. So then we meet our protagonist, Nina Martin. So she arrives at the train station, and a cab picks her up to take her to campus, and naturally she has a huge American flag on her suitcase just to make sure we're all clear she's American. If it wasn't clear by her accent. As Americans, we all have American flags on our suitcases at all times. I don't. Somebody send me one, please. I want to be like the cool kids. American flag stickers on our suitcases. <laughs> Next time we internationally travel, which will not probably be for a while because of COVID. But Rip, it's fine. Yeah. And then obviously to really continue the American stereotype, she makes a Harry Potter reference because that's her only, you know, collection recollection of the UK is Harry Potter. And uh, overall, this scene always feels so awkward to me. I think a lot of it's supposed to be like expositions. We learn about Nina and where she's going. But I'm like, I don't know when I'm taking an Uber, I don't talk to the driver. So they're just like making small talk. She's telling him her whole life story. And I'm like, is this necessary? (laughs) So then the cab pulls up to campus. And that's when we meet Joy, Patricia and Fabian. And they're all hanging outside. And then Nina gets dropped off. And she like runs out of the cab because the cab driver just like takes her suitcase and goes. And she crashes right into Patricia. Oh, no. Gasp. (laughs) This is the real reason Richard doesn't like her, right? This is it. Is this also the whole thing about the profile picture that you're talking about? Yes, that was in here. Before, when we first saw Fabian, Patricia, and Joy, Patricia was taking pictures, and then Joy fell on Fabian, and Patricia's like, that's my new profile photo. And I'm like, ma'am, you're not even in the picture. Make it make sense. <laughs> Your profile but Patricia runs a stand Twitter, but her stand Twitter is about Fabian and Joy. Like, I mean, like, I get it, because... I mean, we're House of Anubis fans, but however, in your real life, would you run a stand Twitter about your random friends? Let me know. She's just really dedicated. She's a very loyal friend. (laughs) All right. So anyway, then uh, Nina finally gets to see Anubis' house for the first time. And there's that really dramatic, like, she turns around and looks at the house that we see in the intro for the rest of forever. Like, that's actually in the first episode. Yeah. Very iconic. Iconic, yeah. And then so now, uh, apparently the school day has started. So we're in the hallway and Joy and Patricia and Fabian are walking in the hallway. And Patricia hands Joy this, like, bright pink box set of DVDs. And she's like, oh, these are for our BFF box set movie night. And I'm like, ma'am, are you into rom-coms? This seems very out of character for you. (laughs) What's happening? She's trying to be a good friend. But I said in my notes the concept of having box sets instead of like netflix or like st- any streaming site getting a physical box set dvd really dates this show and makes it feel like it's 2011 again 
Netflix was taken off in 2011, but I mean, they're high schoolish. Your high schoolers, like, no high schooler now would be like, let's have a box set marathon. <laughs> Give it like 10 years when they want to be ironic, Laura. Give it 10 no, years. No, when box sets become like the new, like, you know how I have like a record player because they're like cute. When box sets become like that. Like trendy. It'll be like, let me get my little vintage DVD player and we can have a box set marathon in the year 2035. (laughs) Yeah, just stay tuned, guys. We're just predicting the future over here. So then in the same hallway, Joy, Patricia, and Fabian continue walking, and then we get to meet Jerome and Alfie, and they're just like going off about something. I think Jerome's trying to like sell someone homework or something. Um his hair is also very fluffy. Like this is peak fluffy Jerome hair. It never looks this way again. It's and also I can't really blonde. It. And I was so confused because when I was trying to find caps to post his pop the other day, I was like, Jerome's not a blonde. And then I watched the first episode again and I was like, he is a blonde. He's a dirty blonde. Yes, for one episode. A blonde nonetheless. <laughs> And Alfie are also, I feel like, at their goofiest in this episode in general. I feel like after this, they kind of chill out. Yeah, I would agree with that. It seems I like, agree, too. It seems like Alfie like, uses random excuses to get out of class a lot. But then I feel like we don't see that carry on. It was like <laughs> one and done. So busy with Sabuna. But like, why isn't he using his random excuses to get out of class to do Sabuna things? Right? That's <laughs> when they would really need it, you would think. All right, so back to Nina. Nina gets uh, to go inside the house now, and she meets Victor, and he's, like, complaining that she's two weeks late for school or whatever, and it has something to do with her scholarship details. And then Trudy comes down, so we get to meet Trudy as well, and she introduces herself. I said, Trudy says teenagers are all about hormones and vampires, which also feels very 2011, with the, like, Twilight being very popular in Nina's Taylor Lauder poster. Yeah, I feel like they like to make just Twilight and Harry Potter references but constantly. Like, I get, just to like really. I mean, Twilight and Harry Potter, I guess, in 2011 were like kind of a big thing, especially Twilight, I feel like at that time. So, like, it makes sense, I guess, yeah. trying to make references to like stuff that everyone would know what it was. True, just to, you know, make them relatable, I guess. <laughs> All right, so then we're back in class, and everyone has class with Mrs. Andrews, and we meet Amber, who is on the phone with her dad, and then all of a sudden, Mick walks into class uh, straight out of his football practice. He's all, like, sweaty and late, I guess. <laughs> so, can we clarify that when we watch this, am I allowed to say this, that when I watched this episode, we were playing House of a New Drinking Game. So, when I was taking my notes, throughout the episode, as we were playing the drinking game and following the rules, I was progressively more tipsy and my comment for the scene was hello sweaty bobby lockwood which i mean i mean it's true (laughs) amber goes like could he be any hotter and i'm like i mean she's right you know he's he's a good looking guy i was very into bobby lockwood yeah he he was very attractive i mean he's still attractive now obviously as we're adults but like he was (laughs) like in the present day he's very attractive (laughs) but Whatever I'm saying, out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, in conclusion, Bobby Lockwood was attractive in 2011, and he is still still attractive. attractive. Bobby Lockwood, call us if you're free on on Mondays. Come join our podcast. Come join the podcast. We'll tell you how beautiful you are. Not social media anymore, but it's fine. Louisa, tell Bobby Lockwood to be on our podcast. You know what I? When I finish the Mick Pop, I'm tagging Louisa just because I'm going to hope she'll send it to him. Louisa, please send this to Bobby. (laughs) 
Bobby, I can't take Louisa, and I know you're close to him, so please do me a solid. Thanks. Yeah, like, they're friends. Thanks. And also, in this scene, Amber is on her cell phone, which is one of the only times I ever see anyone in Sabuna remember that phones are a thing, and it's just to try to get money from her dad and not to solve any mysteries. You know, everything could have been resolved so much faster if they ever carried their cell phones with them. Yeah. <sighs> That's just going to be the running theme of this pod. It's just, like, why couldn't they use their phone? Also, why did Joy leave her phone in her room when she went to school? Like, who would do that? I know, right? Her locker? Sure. Her room? Why? Yeah, because, like, I guess maybe the teachers would be like, don't have your phones in class. Even though Amber obviously has her phone in class. But, like, she didn't even leave it in her locker or in her bag or something like you normally would. She literally left it all the way in the house. My only theory is that, so we learn in season three that Joy has a scholarship. So maybe she just tries to be like extra good and make, so she's like, I'm going to leave my phone in my room. I won't get in trouble. I won't lose my scholarship. It's a stretch, but. It's a stretch because it's also doesn't sound like she's on a scholarship in season one. Cause it sounds like her dad was paying for her tuition because the excuse they gave Patricia was that they couldn't afford to go there anymore because her dad's business suddenly went under. Oh, you're right. Plot twist. Or plot hole. I have a lot of thoughts on the scholarships and how they don't actually make any sense. But we can talk about that, I guess, in season three. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, a, in like a year. We'll get back to that. <laughs> I made a Twitter thread on my thoughts about it. So, you know. Yeah. And also, in season two, isn't Joy, like, kind of being a rebel and, like, publishing, like, scandalous articles in the school's newspaper? Yes. Also true. (laughs) So. And then, so the other thing, this is just, like, a me thing with this scene, is when Mick walks in, Mara just kind of, like, looks at him longingly and is, like, very happy to see him, which makes my Mikara shipping heart very happy. This is, like, the first little moment for them, I guess, which is the tiniest moment, but, you know, my shipper heart just... (laughs) Sores. So, <laughs> all right. So then we go back to the house, and Victor is talking about the history of Anubis House, trying to show Nina around. And then Trudy starts giving her a tour, and that's when Nina sees a painting of the Frobisher Smythe, which is the first time we learn about them. So they're the original owners of Anubis House. And then she also points out a picture of the Anubis residence on the wall, and then Victor just like really sketchily just quickly takes it down. And then we also learn important plot points that uh, going into the attic, the cellar, and his office are forbidden. But there's a scene in this part, which I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, someone gifted it, but like Victor's talking and Nina and Trudy are looking at him and Nina like literally checks him out. Like she like looks him up and down and like gives him this like weird grin. Yeah, and it's, it cracks me up every time now. Nina has a daddy kink confirmed. Also, this is the scene in which Victor dramatically says that the Frobisher Smythe died. That piano keynote though when he says it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, who are they? And he's like, they died. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the way that they put the audio from that into this podcast right now is so funny. Let's do it right here. We'll play the clip. Mr. and Mrs. Frobisher Smythe, the original inhabitants. They died. It just cracks me up. Oh, the Frobisher Smythe. There's a picture of them. And it was way different than obviously they look in season three when Robert's a person. Robert got some face work. Robert got like a glow up while he was dead. Maybe he, maybe they were aging him down in the tank. Maybe. Oh, they maybe. Why not? Just drinking some elixir somehow or like absorbing it. Maybe he was floating in it. 
You never know. Can you imagine if all that time, like, Victor has been searching for the elixir of life and it, there was just, like, a ton of it in the tank all that time? <laughs> Sounds so All right, so back in school, the students are now taking a test, and uh, Alfie decides to fake a nosebleed because he wants to get out of class, which, again, the only time we ever see him do this, despite him needing to get out of class many times in the future. But as he leaves, Mr. Sweet walks in, uh, and he announces that he needs to take Joy because someone is there to see him in his office. And she looks a little confused, but she's like, okay, and so she gets up and leaves, too. So then back at the house, Nina is shown her room. And because this was Joy's side of the room, um, there's still some of her things there. So there's a picture of Joy and Patricia on the door. And Victor like quickly takes it down. And he's just like, Joy is left. And Trudy's like, yeah, really unexpectedly. Trudy, for the only time I feel like in her existence, seems like she realizes something like suspicious is going on. I feel like normally in the future, suspicious stuff is going around like all over the place around her. And she is rarely suspicious of it, will occasionally be suspicious of it, but she really is like something's going on with this Joy situation and is kind of trying to call Victor out about it. Yeah, like I don't, yeah, I think you're right. She's usually pretty oblivious, but you know, not today. When it involves the kids, like she's concerned. So then we cut to Joy again, and she's out in front of the school and she's getting led into a cab and she looks a little scared and confused, but she gets in the cab and then uh, we never see her again <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Back at the house, uh, Victor is in his office now and he's on the phone with someone. We don't know who it is. I'm going to assume Mr. Sweet, but he's just like, is it done? And then he's like, her friends won't be a problem. And he starts like petting Corbier and talking to Corbier. But this is a very big moment because it's the first time we meet Corbier. Very important character. Very important ship. <laughs> if you don't know what ship I'm referring to, it's Victor and Corbier. <laughs> they are the true OTP of the show. Like, no doubt. They have the longest relationship, too. Like, they make it all three seasons. <laughs> no one <laughs> else can say that. <laughs> they don't even break up and get back together. I know. Like, what a concept. They're really legends. Iconic. Show stopping never been done before. <laughs> Maybe that's why the writers kept breaking the other ships for no reason. Because they already had their long-term OTP. They were like, they wanted their important OTP to shine. <laughs> and they really did. They did. They did a great job. All right, so back at school, we see Alfie and Jerome are messing around in the hallway again because they're just in their peak goofing around phase in this episode. And then Patricia goes up to them and asks if they've seen Joy because, you know, that's the whole theme for Patricia this episode is just where's Joy, where's Joy? So they're like, oh, I guess go check the house. One of the things I noticed, though, is like Alfie has this like costume mask on. It's like very detailed. And I'm wondering, does he just keep these in his locker? Like, where did this come from? Why did he pull it out out of nowhere? Episode one, Alfie is like a very much class clown and so is Jerome. Episode one, Alfie is mass chaos I and I love it. We have to stand an icon. He kind of, like he's still like goofy after this, but I feel like he, mellows he doesn't out. have mask in his locker. No. Maybe Sabuna gives him something like to focus on so he doesn't goof around as much. Alfie, we're gonna miss half of our school half of our classes, so we need you to like focus when we're in class. So like <laughs> very important. <laughs> All right, so back at the house, Nina's, like, starting to unpack her stuff, get settled in when Patricia comes in looking for Joy, because that was supposed to be Joy's room. And then, obviously, uh, Patricia's very confused, but she immediately starts freaking out, and she's like, who the hell are you? Starts throwing Nina's stuff in the hallway. Nina's very confused, because she doesn't know who Joy is or what's going on. And then Victor shows up and is like, hey, Joy's parents removed her from school, and Patricia's very suspicious of that. This scene's also iconic for Nina, though, because this is when she starts introducing herself as, hi, I'm Nina, I'm American, obviously, which will be a theme for the rest of the episode on brand scene i'd say because the whole conversation is patricia being like where's joy nina 
I don't know. I'm Nina. I'm from America. Patricia's like, I don't care. Where's Joy? And Nina's like, again, I'm Nina from America. <laughs> Just back and forth. If, you, if there was any scene to summarize the episode, it's this one. When we were playing the drinking game, as I'm going to reference this again, like we had both where's, like, where's blank in like, someone mentioning being from America on the game. And that scene was a doozy. So my notes from down here, from here on, go down here. Is that the scene that took you out, Laura? Because, like, after that... Yes, my notes from downhill from here. I mean, in my my defense, Laura, I did spill paint and vodka all over my bed (laughs) a little bit later. So we were both doing great. Next episode of the podcast, I promise that I'll not drink while we watch the episode. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of enjoy Tipsy Laura's comments. Tipsy Laura is my friend. I mean, Sober Laura Laura is also my friend. Sober Laura is also my friend. My commentary goes downhill from here, but I feel like it's kind of a chaotic fun. It is. I agree. All right. So uh, we now cut to kind of later in the day. School's over. Everyone's hanging out in the common room. Trisha is still concerned about Joy. So she's like asking, does anyone have her home number? Because she wants to try to contact her. Everyone's discussing like what could have happened to Joy, why she had to leave so suddenly. And then that's when Nina walks in and introduces herself to everyone with obviously, hi, I'm Nina. I'm from America. (laughs) And I think that's when, isn't Patricia like right before she walks in, she's like, yeah, the new girl is like American and totally obsessed with it. And the timing of it is so perfect. So like immediately after she says that, Nina walks in and it's like, I'm from America. Nina has one personality trait and it's being from America. That's the last personality trait I would be trying to lead with. And then the other thing I was confused about in this scene, everyone is like changed into more comfortable clothes. Like they're in their casual outfits, except for Patricia. Patricia's just in her uniform still, just like chilling. I don't know why. Freaking out about Joy to like change her outfit. Maybe she didn't want to go into her room because Nina was there. Oh, that's fair. (laughs) She's like, this American's in here. I can't function. You know, it would have been a great scene the show never gave us. Patricia putting a no Americans allowed sign on her door. Oh my god. Oh, I'm just imagining now like season two if like Eddie walked in and like that was there. That would have been so that good. That so funny. Eddie's like, I'm banned. <laughs> this sign can't stop me. I don't know how to Suddenly, read. Suddenly, Eddie no more because Eddie's not allowed in her room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go make a meme. <laughs> good. Yeah, go on, go check out our Twitter to see this meme later. Oh, at, at what's it? Anubis Pod. At Anubis Pod. At the Book Host. I've been listening to too much Book Host Pod podcast because I really just tell everyone to go to our Twitter at the Book Host. <laughs> just like a little, little promotion for another podcast. <laughs> it's fine. Well, podcast. We will do a crossover. We're making them read the House of Anubis book. We will. I look forward to it. Not right now. <laughs> Soon. Stay tuned. All right. So then. Amber decides to go looking for Mick because Mick's just gone, you know, another theme for Mick. But he was just on a run, so he, like, comes inside and he's all sweaty or whatever. And it's just kind of this... Yeah, he's this is, you know, Mick's look for this episode is just, like, sweaty. They just really want to make sure you know he's an athlete. And I feel like the whole point of this scene was just to be like, in case you couldn't tell, Amber and Mick are dating because they, like, kiss or something. And, yeah, so they're dating. Yeah. Then we cut to dinner. Everyone's eating. Jerome decides to throw spaghetti at Alfie or Alfie decides to throw spaghetti at Jerome. I don't remember exactly how it starts, but a food fight breaks out. And then Patricia iconically is like, I'm going to dump some water on Nina. So takes the whole water pitcher and dumps it on Nina. Her first liquid dump on a person. Very iconic. Around this time, at some point, Fabian's, I think it was Fabian, someone says like, why do you guys always have food fights all the time? So this apparently happens on a regular basis. 
And then someone else said something about Patricia, like, disappearing all the time when she was worrying about Joy. Jerome mentioned that Patricia used to, like, run off all the time. And I was like, I need a little bit of backstory here, yeah. Jerome. You can't just like, drop that on me. What's the context for this? Like, was Patricia just run away all the episode, she has a phone because she's on the phone with her mom. And her mom's like, she tells, says something to her mom about how she's not making it up this time or something. And I'm like, what, my girl, what are you going through? Do you need my love and support? Because yeah, you've like, got okay. it. Can someone check on Patricia? Like, yeah. And then in this scene, I like noticed a little Fabina moment I never noticed before. Patricia's like confronting Nina, like, "What are you going to tell us about Joy?" And she's like, "I don't know what's going on." But then while they're like fighting, Fabian is standing next to Joy with like a or. Fabian's standing next to Nina with a napkin or a towel or something, and he's trying to like wipe her off and clean her up when no one else will help her. And I was like, "Oh, that's really cute." Like, go Fabian, the only one that is actually like trying to be nice to this new kid so then i think either like victor or trudy walks in and is like nina you have a phone call so nina goes into the hallway and it's gran and gran's like how's school and nina just like lies completely and she starts crying because obviously she's not having the greatest time and when she hangs up fabian walks in and asks if she's okay my favorite thing she says to gran in this conversation though is she's like we were in the middle of supper that means dinner as if like we didn't know what supper meant in america do people i mean people in some states probably don't say supper but that's so weird to well i don't know we use both dinner and supper here in the beautiful state of Wisconsin. I never say supper, but like I know that what it is. Yeah, me too. So I thought that was funny. Maybe Grant. Maybe Grant doesn't. Has never heard of supper in her life. But Grant also made the Harry Potter reference for some reason. She said, "Quote unquote, how's Harry Potter land?" And I say, "Are they just obsessed with Harry Potter for some reason?" Like, were the writers just trying to be quirky and relatable by constantly making Harry Potter references? Do they think Americans only know that Harry Potter's from the UK and nothing else? All right, so now we're back in the common room after dinner, and Amber and Mara are reading magazines. And Amber's like, Mara, like, do you think Mick is over me? Which, I don't know why she thinks that. They seem to be fine, but I guess Amber's just a little paranoid. <laughs> Why do I run without her? Even though she doesn't like to run. Because yeah, how dare he? He came back and she's like, well, you didn't warn me that we were going to sweat when we went on a run list. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. What did she think was going to happen? It's going to look like a movie and they were just going to look like glamorous running in slow motion They're through the like, campus. You know what? She's valid then. So then Nina walks in and is just kind of like, hi, and she sits down by herself. And then it cuts to Mick and Fabian. So Mick's like eating in the dining room and Fabian's just like standing next to him for whatever reason. I don't know why. But Mick's like, oh, what do you think of the new girl? And Fabian's like, oh, I think she looks nice. And Mick just like gives him this really funny look and is like, oh, really? And that's always one of my favorite lines from him. It's just so cute. So then we cut to uh, Patricia going upstairs to Victor's office because she's still trying to get Joy's home number and obviously he won't give it to her. While he's doing this, he's, like, painting Corbier or something. Did anyone confirm? What was he doing? There was a paintbrush. Got a paintbrush. Gotta update the floor. Come on. <laughs> you know, this is just part of their relationship. He takes care of him. <laughs> just, it's really sweet. Back in the common room, everyone's just chilling, like, reading magazines now. Fabian and Nina are, like, quietly making little glances at each other, which is cute. And then Mick has just, like, plopped himself on the couch between Amber and Mara, which is funny because it doesn't look like there's a lot of room for him. But there he is. And then Patricia comes in and starts complaining that Victor would not give out Joy's home number because she's going to continue to complain about not knowing anything about Joy. And then she, again, continues to provoke Nina about what she knows about Joy. But Nina, at this point, is kind of over it. She's just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about and just, like, wants to read her magazine. The other thing, this is like a dumb thing that I noticed, but Mara's wearing these jeans and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen her wear jeans 
for the rest of the show. But in this scene, she's wearing jeans. Mm. I just thought that was interesting. I swear she wears jeans. She might. She wears these like pants when she's saying goodbye to Mick in season two, but they're not like, I don't know. They fake dress pants. They look like nicer than jeans. I think she wears jeans. So that's a full circle moment for Mara. (laughs) Full circle. We begin and we end in jeans for Mara. Emily, can you confirm? Because you're the only one Mara touching a raw every day. (laughs) She does wear jeans. I do. Um, I think she wears jeans in tour. You know what? I spent my weekend looking at reference images of KT and Jerome, so I don't know what anyone wears right now, except for Patricia and Eddie. In Touch and Raw, Mara wears jeans when they're wearing, like, when they're having that scene where they're at the museum and then they're like, oh, oh yeah, she is, because she's wearing jeans in the what's the Buddha scene? So yeah, just, you know, the hard-hitting questions. Mara wearing jeans. If you can think of times Mara has wear- worn jeans, please contact us at our Instagram, our Twitter, or our email. Yeah, so uh, at Anubis Backwards Pod on Instagram and Anubis <laughs> Pod on Twitter. Or is it Anubis Podcast? Wait. Oh, it's Anubis Podcast on Twitter. Wow. See, we don't even know our own social media yet. <laughs> it's fine. We're on episode one. It's cool. <laughs> we're, we're getting the hang of it. All right, so carrying on, we now see Victor in his office, and he's got all of Joy's things that she left behind. This is one of my favorite parts. He has Joy's phone, and he, like, hits it really hard with a hammer, but then, like, literally nothing happens. It's still intact. And then he starts, like, a literal fire in his garbage can with her other things. So it's, like, a picture of Joy and Patricia. And then poor Bunsy Buns, right? It's Bunsy Bunsy starts burning. Yeah, maybe? I think so. That doesn't seem very safe, Victor. Why are we starting fires in the house? I am the trash can. Victor lit me on fire. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> All right, so that night, Mick walks into Amber and Mara's room, and Amber's like, oh, Mick, but turns out Mick's there to see Mara, because he needs to ask his biology babe for more homework help, and Amber starts to get jealous. Because he called her a biology babe, which is not what you call your girlfriend's roommate when you don't want your girlfriend to get jealous. (laughs) You're very right. (laughs) Mick being stupid for, like, an episode straight. Mick also said, I like the panda look, I think because Amber had her makeup half off when she was being jealous. (laughs) I said that was kind of cute, but then he proceeded to be stupid. Completely <laughs> flirt with Mara in front of Amber. You're just flirting with them both, and I think that I think the solution to this is just them all date each other. Perfect. That would be a pretty fun OT three. Mick, Mara, Amber. I support this. <laughs> that would be fun. I feel like it could be fun. <laughs> so now, because it's late at night, it's time. It is time for Victor's iconic pin drop speech. Does anyone want to re- recite it? It is ten. Oh, Kla, you have five minutes precisely. <laughs> and then I want to hear a pin drop, and then it's <laughs> ding! Can you actually hear a pin drop in pure silence? Okay, speaking of his pin drop speech, when Nina came first came to the house, he said that everyone was supposed to be, like, in their rooms and, like, not downstairs. So they were supposed to be, like, in their designated, like, halls. So I guess the girls have to be upstairs, guys have to be downstairs by 9 o'clock. So, like, he gives them a full hour to get ready for bed. <laughs> but then it seems like in seasons two, and, like, it seems like they can be out and about doing whatever they want until 10. So I don't understand the rules of this house. Well, even in the scene, like, Mick was in Alfie were both, like, upstairs in the girls' thing. And he was like, you guys should be downstairs because it's almost 10 o'clock. But he didn't care that they were there after nine. Yeah, like, Alfie runs straight past him. And it's just, who knows? Not that, you know, even if there are rules in this house... What they are doesn't matter, because do they follow them? No. They do not. 
All right. So then, you know, Patricia's getting ready for bed. She's brushing her teeth in the bathroom. And then when she looks up, she suddenly sees that someone wrote, help me, Joy, in the condensation in the mirror. So she freaks out and she like runs out because she wants to show Amber and Mara. But by the time they get back, Nina's in the bathroom now. And she's just like wiping off the mirror, trying to get the steam off, uh, apparently not seeing the message on the mirror. So for my first comment about this scene is just a shout out to my UK mutuals. Um, I was trying to see if there was any outlets in the bathroom. No outlets. Apparently they don't put outlets in the bathroom in the UK. Learned that recently. How do you dry your hair? Someone explain. At UK Mutuals, I know that you say it's dangerous. However, do you literally just do your hair in your bedroom with no mirror? Let me know. I'll ask my Legends friend, Fran. She's usually the one I ask my dumb UK questions to and she hasn't blocked me yet. So like, (laughs) shout out to Fran. Real one. Shout out. You're real one. Yeah, like, I don't know. Where do you get ready? Like, do you not have electric toothbrush in the UK? You never do your hair in the bathroom in the UK? Like, you know, hit us up on our Instagram and Twitter. We we need these questions answered. Oh, in, in this scene, Patricia walks into um Amber and Mara's room and tells Mara to come with her. And not Amber, but Amber just goes with her anyway. Amber <laughs> just wants to be included, okay? She really I does. I think we can all relate. We're all relate. The thing is, Mara is never included ever again after this. <laughs> You're right. right. You're all right. Poor Mara. All right. So then we cut to the next morning. Uh, Patricia is still concerned that she hasn't heard from Joy yet. It's almost been 24 hours. Um, and Jerome's starting to get annoyed now. He's just kind of like, let it go. It's fine. Patricia still thinks Nina has something to do with it. And Fabian is like, no, no, she doesn't, is defending her. She's also still a little bit scared about the note left on the mirror, but everyone's like, come on, it had to be a prank. Like, Alfie probably did it. But Patricia doesn't believe he would do something like that, which to me is kind of a Palfi moment because he, it's like, she trusts him. Like, why would Alfie do something like that to me? Even though uh, he definitely did. Alfie is like kind of also evil. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like a mean prank. <laughs> what's a good dynamic and i feel like we're kind of going into that right now the jerome elfie patricia dynamic which is in yes. season one and then never like see yes. them again <sighs> like yeah stopping like, dynamic. dynamic continues but what happened to jerome jerome has no friends like sabuna kicks off and jerome kind of gets left yeah. in the dark well because he starts like getting involved with sketchy <laughs> stuff getting involved with weird shit yeah yeah He's, like, off on his own, like, meeting weird adults <laughs> in, like, back alleys trying to get stuff done. I guess Patricia does, too, but I don't know. Jerome is, like, I guess only ever hangs out with Mara, and then, like, only ever, when he gets with Joy, like, only ever hangs out with Joy, and then Jerome and Joy both know about Sabuna, but then they pretend they've never heard of Sabuna in their life. <laughs> they pretend they do not see. They're like, what is this? But I didn't know, and I don't think I was at this point, but it was later, but if we're on the subject, I said... Patricia, Jerome, and Alfie, OT3. Is that how you pronounce that in real life? That's yes. how I would say it, yeah. OT3. Patricia, Jerome, Alfie, OT3, but very mean and chaotic. <laughs> like, I agree. Like, they're really just doing the most to be mean to Nina. Alfie's, like, being mean to Patricia for no reason. It's like, you know, Sabuna, I think, just kind of gives them something to focus on. They don't have to be mean once they're in Sabuna. It's like a distraction. 
All right. So anyway, um, Nina is not at the breakfast table, which is why they're talking about her behind her back. Uh, Nina decides to walk to class early because obviously she's like, I don't want to put up with these people. I'm just going to go to school. And when she's walking, she bumps into an old lady who's just like chilling in front of the house. The lady is like, oh, this is my house. She introduces herself as Sarah. And then all of a sudden she gets so excited because she's like, oh my gosh, you're here. I've been waiting for you. What are you doing? And so Nina's obviously very concerned that there's this insane sounding old lady in front of the house and immediately goes to get help now we're back at the house um patricia's literally like beating alfie with a pillow in his room <laughs> so mm, uh trying to figure out if he was the one who wrote the message on <laughs> on the mirror um alfie denies it and jerome is like continuing to tease her about it but uh when she leaves alfie pretty much admits that he did it he used his fake dog Sprocket as an excuse, which is just really ironic. Seeing as Jade's dog's name is Sprocket. Did they just name his fake dog after Jade's dog, or did she name it after that? No, Jade got her dog like way after the show ended, and it was supposed to just be a foster dog. But I think they decided to, they like fell in love and ended up keeping him. If I remember Aww. correctly, Aww. did they name it Sprocket after Alfie's fake dog, or did his name just? <laughs> I think it came with the name Sprocket. I cannot remember. It was at least three years ago. I'm just going to pretend that she wanted to name it after the show. That would be kind of cute. She was like, I'm going to give it a house with a Nubis name, but it's not going to be obvious. We see you. (laughs) Yeah, you can't hide from us. All right, so now uh, Nina ends up bringing Sarah to the nursing home where she came from, and the caretaker is like, uh, her name's actually Emily. And there's also suspiciously a picture of Anubis house hanging up in her room. So I guess we'll get into the, more of that later. Back at the house, Amber goes into Mick's room so they can walk to class together. And Mick is like, oh, I forgot. I got you this. And gives her a bracelet, which is very sweet. That's when Mara walks in and she wants to see when Mick wants to work on his biology homework because she's going to help him. And Amber still seems kind of jealous. And she's like, oh, I can help with that. Don't worry about it. And Mick literally just like laughs in her face, which is a little <laughs> much. But... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Mick is like, oh, like we can meet at six tonight. And then he's like, oh, Mara, you should walk to class with me and Amber. And I'm sure Amber is not happy about that. But Amber, your hair is goals in this scene. Like they're perfectly curled. I love it. And then I also put Mick calls Mara miraculous. So I'm just like literally here taking notes on all the Mikara scenes. It's fine. We love the pun, the pun nickname here. <laughs> miraculous. And I think Mara seems like happy about it, but also a little uncomfortable. Like, okay, <laughs> like your girlfriend's here. I'm just helping you with biology. That's the thing, like, he's definitely flirting with her, but I think he genuinely, like, does not understand, like, he does not think it's a problem. Like, he's just like, nah, Mara's just my friend. He's like, why would I not flirt with her in front of my girlfriend? (laughs) Yeah. Alright, so now we're, it's time for school, we're back at school, and Patricia goes to Mr. Sweet's office uh, to, obviously, ask about Joy, because that's all she's concerned about. He's kind of, like, rude, because he's like, you know, if she you're not hearing from her. It might be because like, she doesn't actually want to talk to you. And then she kind of just, or he kind of just like <laughs> rushes her out of the office and kicks her out before she can ask more questions. So then uh, as wow. Patricia exits the office, uh, she's looking at the class picture hung in the hallway. And that's what she realized. Joy is missing from the photo. So she goes to show Amber and Mara. That photo is so badly Photoshopped. Like her hand, Joy's hand is still in the picture. The Anubis students don't even look like, look like they were actually in the picture. They look like they were added in later. It's just so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Again, why does Patricia let Mara be involved specifically when she's looking for Joy? But in any other situation from now on, everyone's like, we will refuse to tell Mara, even though she's the smart one here. Alfie tried really hard to get Mara involved in season two. No one wanted to listen to him. That's true. Alfie is the only one 
practical here, but the thing is, the show would be over in like five seconds if Mara was involved because Mara would solve the mystery in two seconds. Yeah, Mara they needed this to go on. Find the, would find the loyal cop to help them out, not the cop that would betray them. Yeah, right. She'd be like, this one, uh, I'm getting weird vibes from this one. We should go uh, talk to another cop. And then bam, bam, bam. Willow and Mara. Willow would be like, bad vibes. <laughs> like, bad vibes. Stay away. The real Sabuna would have been Willow and Mara. They would have been chaos, would have and been, I would have been here for it. It would have been chaotic, but they would have solved the mystery in, like, a day. You are so right, though, Laura. So we're back at the nursing home, and uh, Sarah is still talking to Nina, and she decides to give Nina her locket, and she's all like, it's your turn now. And she's like, you gotta keep it well hidden, there's treasure in the house, and only you have the power to find it and protect it, but the house is dangerous, it's dark, it's evil, and Nina is like, what is happening? Why are you giving me this necklace? And she doesn't even want to take it at first, but then she takes it. So then we immediately cut to Nina now, it's nighttime, she is sleeping and she's having a nightmare, so she's kind of like seeing Sarah say all the scary things that she was saying before. And when she wakes up, she is greeted by Patricia, who is standing over her, going like, beware the blackbird, and dropping feathers on her face and just like laughing at her. So then the next morning, Jerome, Alfie, and Patricia are continuing to be the mean OT3, and they're laughing at the prank Patricia pulled. They're so mean. <laughs> they really are. Why are they so mean? Uh, so then Nina walks in, kind of hearing some of that, and Fabian's like, ignore it. And then he's trying to be nice, so he was like, what was your dream about? And she's like, it felt so evil. That's when Amber walks in, looking for Mara, and Fabian's like, oh, she's in our room with Mick. And Amber gets really jealous and flips out but then she's like oh no it's fine and she tries to play it cool then at some point trudy walks in and they're talking about where nina was the uh, morning before and trudy tells them how she was helping sarah uh which then leads to amber asking nina about her gran in this conversation that's when we find out that nina's parents were killed in a car crash and that her gran takes care of her and that they're close and then patricia asks why she got sent to boarding school then if they're so close and fabian's like stop being a witch yeah <laughs> We know what Fabian wants to say, but yeah. this is the kid show. This is Nickelodeon. If we were on Teen Nick, I wonder if we would have gotten the real thing. I don't know. Can they say it on Teen Nick? I don't know, actually. Did they ever say it on Degrassi? Laura? Do you know? They they, they probably said it on Degrassi. They say a lot of stuff on Degrassi. There's no way they haven't said it on Degrassi. Amber literally was like, Nina, where are your parents? And then... Nina's like, they're dead. And then Jerome called Amber, Amber, Queen of Tact, because Jamber is real, guys. <laughs> yes. And then there's another Jamber moment, because when Amber's trying to be like, oh, it's fine, she like does a hair flip, and then Jerome does the like mocking hair flip thing, and it's so funny. <laughs> Lots of Jamber. Yeah, Jamber is the real shit. <laughs> Actually. Amber also, I guess, said she's not good at old people for some reason, I guess in reference like the nursing home in which i thought was funny because amber will become an old person in season two <laughs> she got hurt. that foreshadowing though we love it iconic uh, i would love to say that wow. was intentional by the writers but you know we all know how they you are know. it wasn't they were totally foreshadowing a plot that they totally planned for a whole season and a half from now that was about amber turning the old lady all right, so after this, Amber, still jealous, decides to go confront Mara. So she goes up to their room and is like, why are you hanging out with Mick so much? You must like him. And then Mara's obviously like, no, I don't like him. But then, like, Amber immediately flipped the switch and she's just like, but everyone likes Mick. What makes you so different? So poor Mara doesn't know what to say. This is when we also get the iconic Amber line. Uh, I have a lot of sympathy for Victoria Beckham because, you know, she's one half of an alpha couple. I think she thinks that, like, her and Mick are like the Beckhams because Mick is sporty 
and she is into fashion. I guess so. Like, I think she thinks that, that's them. Also, our friend Grace, while we were watching this, said that talking about the Beckhams was also a very 2011 thing. Very true. Also, because we're commenting on me, like, just going downhill from this drinking game, I did typo Amber confronts Mara about killing Nick and she denies it instead of saying she confronted Mara about liking Nick. So, I mean, this could be a different show. Yeah, House of Anubis, the murder mystery edition. <laughs> Mara kills Nick. I want to beat that off the wall. Same. Oh, man, that'd be so bad for my ship, though. Like, one of them killing the other half? Like, gosh. Yeah, that wouldn't be good for your ship. My heart can't take that. (laughs) All right, so, you know, everyone's in class now. We're in biology class. Mick uh, hands his assignment in, and he crosses his fingers towards Mara, because he's all like, oh, I hope, like, all this studying paid off. Then Patricia is talking to Jerome and Alfie, and they're like, oh, your plan is genius. And so I guess we're about to find out what that plan is. So she gets up, and she walks over to Nina, and she suddenly is super nice, which is has not happened this entire episode yet. And she's apologizing for being rude to Nina that morning. And then she's like, you know, it's about time you get a proper welcome to the school. Uh, We're going to let you do the initiation ceremony. And Fabian's like, "Uh, initiation ceremony, that's not a thing. And tries to stop her. But Nina's like, it's fine. Like, we're going to do the initiation ceremony. Like, just tell me what to do. After school, Mar goes to Mick's room to give him some class notes for biology, I assume. But then he's like, hey, uh, also, can you help me with physics? And Mara's like, uh, I don't know, like Amber's starting to get jealous. But then Mick literally gets on his knees and grabs her hand. It like, looks like he's proposing to her or something and like starts begging for her help. So, of course, she's like, OK, OK, like, I'll do it. It's fine. And then, of course, because she's being so helpful, Mick is like, let me give you a gift to say thank you for all your help. So he, like, reaches back and hands her a bracelet. And it's the exact same bracelet that he gave to Amber earlier. Don't. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid boy. Um, we have a lot of thoughts on where this bracelet came from and why he has two. Like, oh, this is, is a time for our designated tangent of the week. Tangent of the week. <laughs> we need a jingle. There's going to be a tangent of the week. <laughs> Can I make one out of the bad robot voice that's on, like, 8 million TikTok audios? Yes, please do. <laughs> All right, so the theory is that Mick was wherever he was when he was buying this bracelet, and for some reason there was a sale, you know, buy one, get one free, and he was like, oh my god, perfect, now I can give two people bracelets and buy the same one, because, you know, Mick's dumb, he can't pass up a buy one, get one deal, right? Yeah, I feel like that's the only logical explanation, because, like, when he was wherever... He Mara hadn't been tutoring him yet. So it wasn't like he specifically was like, I need to get Mara a gift for tutoring me. Unless he was like thinking while he was wherever he was at, oh, I'm going to try to make Mara tutor me. So therefore I should get her a present too. Yeah, that'd be, I don't think he would think that far ahead though. Let's be honest. It's Mick. Plot twist. The second one was for his mother who we never see, but we do meet his father. What? Yeah. That makes sense. Like, he was like, buy one, get one free. I'll get my girlfriend a present. I'll get my mom a present. And then he was like, nah, mom, whatever. I don't care. Like, just give it to my tutor. He forgot to give it to his mom. And then he found it and was like, ah, for Mara. Perfect gift. And now they'll match because they're roommates. Amazing. (laughs) That's so cute. Amber won't be mad at all. Mick does not comprehend, like, why flirting with another girl or giving her the same bracelet as your girlfriend isn't a good idea. Yeah, I think he, like, doesn't even realize he's flirting, which is my favorite part. He's, like, he's just like, no, no, Mara's my friend. This is how I treat my friends. It's fine. This is how I treat Fabian, too. Duh. You make out with your tutor all the time. (laughs) I mean, not yet. 
soon. Don't worry, it's coming. All right, so now it's dinner time, and Patricia is announcing the details of Nina's initiation ceremony. She says Nina is going to have to go into the attic and bring something back, which obviously is breaking a lot of rules because they're not allowed in the attic. Nina doesn't seem scared at first until everyone's all like, oh, the attic is haunted, and she's trying to play it cool, and she's like, you know what, I'll do it tonight, whatever. But then Patricia's like, no, you can't do it tonight because you need the key to the attic, and you have to steal that from Victor's office first. So then after dinner, Patricia, Alfie, and Jerome take Nina upstairs, and they're just kind of like hanging out close to the office but they don't want to look too suspicious um, and they're pointing out where the keys are kept in Victor's office. Of course Victor is not dumb so he notices them loitering and he comes out to like question them and we get uh, our first Nina lie. Nina lies her way out of the situation. Alfie does not do a very good job at lying though and he's like literally on the ground pretending to polish the floor so then uh, Victor is like alright we're going to polish the floor and he takes him downstairs so Nina takes this opportunity while Victor's out of the office to run into the office and try to steal the key. And Victor's keys are like labeled. Like he has a key that says, this is for the attic. This is for blah, blah, blah. Like labeled, like there's handwritten things on key hooks in his office. What if Trudy did it? Like what if Victor kept like misplacing his keys and Trudy's like, let me get out my label maker and like oh, so cute. labels them for him? That's cute. Might be my new headcanon. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Trudy with a label maker going to town on, like, everything now, though. <laughs> Trudy gets in town one day, finds a label maker on sale, and she's like, I will label everything. I accept this headcanon. Oh, also, in this scene, Nina, like, was in his office, and then, like, I guess she fell over, and Corvier was, like, on top of her. I don't know. She was holding Corvier. And it made a cliffhanger face while this was happening. So I guess it was in the middle of, like, one of the, like, episodes. So, like, one of the many episodes that are part of this show. Of this long episode. Victor probably was getting a little jealous. Because this is how he uh, catches her. Like, he comes back before she can get out of the office. And, like, she's getting up close and personal with Corbier. (laughs) I'm on top of She's, like, holding him. And then he was like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, I'm an amateur taxidermist. <laughs> but it somehow works. Like, she gets away and, and she, like, successfully steals the key despite Victor, like, literally catching her in the office. I don't know why. She, I guess he doesn't, like, realize she's sleuthy yet. Like, this is really the first time she gets in trouble. So maybe that's why he lets her go. But he family thought she's really into taxidermy. <laughs> Yeah, so while this is happening, um, Amber and Mara are downstairs, and it's their turn to do the dishes and do their chores. So Amber goes into the kitchen to help Mara wash dishes, but then she, like, reaches her hand out to grab a dish or something, and that's when she realizes uh, that Mara is wearing the same bracelet that Mick gave her. So they're both wearing matching bracelets from Mick, and she freaks out and, like, storms off into his room. So, yeah, she goes into Mick's room and confronts him about the situation, and poor Mick is just like, I don't know why you're mad, and she just, like, throws the bracelet at him before they can even have a conversation about it, and, like, that's the end of the scene, so. So, the moral of the story is Mick really is just kind of dumb, like. (laughs) But I love him anyway. I love him anyway. Mick is trying his best, but we can all agree he did not have the brain cell this episode. He did not. He definitely did not. I don't think Mick don't really think ever has not. the brain cell. No, Mick only knows sports, eating food every five seconds. And dating. Yeah, dating. And flirting with random girls and not knowing what he's doing. <laughs> All right, so then we cut to the next day. Everyone's back in school. They're in the classroom. And all of a sudden, the elusive Mr. Jason Winkler walks in. And he's the new history and drama teacher. Ooh. He's very attractive and everyone notices. <laughs> Um, this is also the beginning of him being, like, weirdly flirty with the students, so he, like, Mara's kind of, like, 
staring at him and gawking at him and they like make eye contact and i'm like sir she is a minor calm down yeah mr winkler has very inappropriate student teacher relationships with like multiple students yeah we'll get into that later (laughs) then we're in biology class now with mr sweet um nina's like looking at her locket in the middle of class so fabian who's still trying to be nice to her asks her about it and she just like freaks out and she's like I don't know what you're talking about. It just shoves it into her shirt, trying to hide it. So then Patricia interrupts class to ask Mr. Sweet why Joy was erased from the class photo. And he immediately shuts her down, obviously. But then the bell rings conveniently. So he hands out graded tests to the class. I think these were the ones they were taking yesterday. And Mick is super excited because he gets an A and he like runs up to Mara to thank her and he hugs her and it's cute. In the hallway, Nina goes up to Fabian to apologize for snapping at him in class, and then they start talking. So he's asking her about the initiation ceremony and telling her she doesn't have to do it and asking if she really is going to do it. And she says yes, because she just wants everyone to stop bothering her. Then everyone goes to drama class, and Mr. Sweet and Mrs. Andrews are walking in the hall, and Mr. Sweet is very concerned that the students are asking so many questions about Joy, which, understandably, because they did not do a very good job of covering it up. They really just photoshopped her out of everything and trying to pretend that she never existed. Like, no one would think it was awesome that they're pretending she never existed honestly i think that's the most suspicious thing about the most suspicious part because even if she never came back to the school like why just pretend she was never there you can erase her and you can remove her from the school but she doesn't need to be like gone because it's not like the students are gonna forget about her in one day they're not gonna be like joy never existed like obviously the reason that patricia is being the way she is is because they're like burning all her stuff deleting her from the picture blah 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 as opposed to like actually making it all they needed was just a strong lie they could have just been like joy's transferring schools and her father won't let her talk to anyone here anymore and they would have been like huh okay that's weird but then at least they had an explanation there's no wi-fi in her new school (laughs) there's no (laughs) wi-fi It's in the middle of the woods. Yeah, so understandably he's concerned because they're not doing a very good job of hiding whatever they're hiding about her. All right, so now we're in drama class um, and it's Mr. Winkler again and he announces that they're going to be reading Romeo and Juliet. So it ends up being Amber and Alfie that are reading the balcony scene together in front of the class. But Amber earlier in the scene was concerned about Mick and Mara a little bit and she read in a magazine that if you want to get a guy's attention you need to make them jealous with someone else so while her and Alfie are doing the scene together she changes the lines at the end and is like Romeo you are so yummy or something like that and then just kisses Alfie to make (laughs) Mick jealous (laughs) and so Alfie is obviously super smitten and uh this is somehow Amber and Alfie's only kiss how is this like their only kiss when literally they dated for like two seasons let me know I know, you know it's kind of sad. Why didn't they get a goodbye kiss? That's what I don't understand. Were they just like, oh, the like, moon is here. We're not going to have a goodbye kiss. Like, make it make like, it It's not like they weren't allowed to have kisses because it was on Nickelodeon, not Disney. And also, like, Jerome and Joy, like, made out five seconds. Like, Jerome yeah. Willow made out. Well, even in season Jerome. one, like, Mick and Mara kiss constantly. Like, once they're dating, it's like every yeah. time they see each other. So it can't be that. I don't yeah. like. Hello? <laughs> and I don't even kiss Amphi. Like, you know I really don't. But, like, the fact that they don't even get, like, a real kiss and only get, like, this weird stage kiss Romeo and Juliet thing is odd. Wait, what if Amber is not wild about, like, certain types of PDA? Because I don't think she and Mick ever, like, really have a kiss either. I think they're more, uh-huh. like, they hold hands. They hug like, 
cheek yeah. kisses and stuff. So maybe Amber is not into PDA. Like, oh, fake very PDA. Possible. That's a possibility. That can be our theory since they like never, like she was only into PDA to try to make Miff jealous, but normally, and he was like, oh my God, she's kissing Alfie and also in public. That's true. So that's like extra bad. If, <laughs> if like she wasn't into PDA, so that would like affect Mick even more. Interesting. Yeah, that could be our theory that like, she's like, I'm not into PDA. Like, let's not kiss in public. That's only like hold hands, whatever. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I I accept this. I think, yeah. All right. So after this whole amphi debacle with the drama class, we cut to later in the evening now. So it's midnight and Patricia, Jerome, and Alfie are in Nina's room preparing her for her trip to the attic. So they walk her out of the room and Fabian, Amber, and Mara are there to watch her too. Not Mick. Mick is too tired. Mick wants to sleep. So he just is like, nah, I don't need to do this. <laughs> Why Mick never knew so Yeah, he just needed to rest up. He's an athlete. Very important. Too busy to... Uh, deal with these silly things so then nina enters the cellar and as soon as she opens the door and walks up patricia immediately shuts it behind her and locks her in and she's like i'm not letting you out until you tell me what you know about joy's disappearance and obviously nina starts freaking out because she knows nothing about joy's disappearance and she's now locked in the creepy cellar but at this point everyone's like okay patricia calm down like you're taking things too far nina starts freaking out even more because now she's hearing weird noises coming from upstairs in the cellar and of course with all this commotion victor wakes up so he comes over and he breaks up the little thing happening and sends everyone to bed but then because he heard noises by the cellar he decides to go upstairs and investigate what was happening the one thing i thought was funny before we're like ending well before we discussed the very end of this episode when they're in like Nina's room and they're like Patricia, Jerome, and Alfie are standing there with like flashlights in the pitch dark, like illuminating their faces, and then Patricia's shining flashlights at Nina, be like, "Are you Nina? Can anyone confirm that you're Nina?" It's like, no. yes, I can confirm. She's American. There's a big country map right behind her. Must be Nina. She has a USA map. She's got an American flag. What if Patricia was like, "Can you confirm you're American?" <laughs> Nina whips out a passport. No, no, no. Nina would whip out an American flag from somewhere. I don't know if I want to know from where, but... It's like, my American flag. I am Nina Martin and I am American. Obviously. And then I still love that Mick just, like, was like, nah. Didn't show up. It's fine. Literally just asleep. I wonder if, like, Bobby couldn't be on set that day for some reason, if that was the reason why Mick's not there. Yeah, because, yeah, like, why else when literally everyone else is there and they're just like, nah, Mick's too tired. He didn't feel like coming. <laughs> so then uh, this is the end of the season one premiere. This is our cliffhanger. Nina is still up in the cellar and Victor's going up there. What will happen? We'll find out next week. Oh, no. All right, so... One of the things that we want to do every single episode that we review, we want to decide the ship of the week. So we ended up coming up with three because this is a big episode, a lot of ships. So our first ship, drum roll, uh, Mick and Amber. Because, <laughs> you know, that's our canon ship right now. Yeah, and this is kind of like, you know, they don't get to be together very long. They're kind of cute, even despite their issues they're having. When they break up and get back together, they have a whole party for it, which no one else does. No one else does. When they break up and get back together, the first of many breaking up and getting back together situations on this show. Yeah, Mick and Amber just really, like, set the yeah. stage for all ships in the show. Just really foreshadow. As Manubis said, if you don't get together and break up and then get back together, are you even a real ship on this show? Unless you're our second I mean, ship, which all- is... <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Victor and Corbier. Yeah. 
the ride or die OTP, the one ship that has no relationship drama, never. no random breakups, and they never have to get back together because they're always together. They are near and dear to my heart. They are truly an inspiration to all other ships in this show. They set the standard. And then finally, our last ship of the week. Patricia and Joy. I feel that. Because Patricia just spends the whole episode talking about Joy. So. I mean, I also like to talk about Joy. She's a lovely woman. (laughs) She is a lovely woman. I agree. (laughs) But I just don't think we obsess over her the same way Patricia does. So this is just really a Joy Trisha heavy episode in that way. Honestly. That's all of season one. <laughs> Joy Trisha. Joy Trisha forever. So the other thing that we're going to be doing for every episode is deciding who in Sabuna has the brain cell. Now, since we don't have Sabuna officially together yet, we just decided who in the episode has the brain cell. So this week, and probably the only week this person will get it, is Nina. This is kind of Nina's best episode. Like, she's very logical and, like, chill. And she's like, I don't know what's going on, Joy. Just leave me alone. It all goes downhill for Nina from here. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Like, she does great with stealing the key out of Victor's office for the most part, even when she gets caught. Like, she has a pretty solid, well, I don't know if I'd call it a solid lie, but at least it works. She gets, you know, lies her way out. And, you know, she's pretty brave. She does the initiation ceremony. Yeah. Go, Nina. Way to have a brain cell. Way to be chill. <laughs> Proud of her for her one brain cell moment. Like, good for Nina today. Go, Nina. So another thing that we wanted to do every week, because we are talking about these cast members every week, but we're talking about a show that is literally 10 years old, we also want to highlight some of the stuff that they're doing now, because all of them are still artists, they're still doing things, whether it's acting or music, and we want to, like, make sure we're still supporting them even 10 years later. So today we're going to talk about Brad Kavana, who plays Fabian. Brad is actually now in a band called Flint, and last month they released a new song called Love, or... L-O-V-E. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it because it's like... It's a bop. It's a good song. It's a bop. I really like their band. So I'm excited for them to release an album or something. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. I would like... Honestly, if they did a concert, I would go see them live. And not even just for Brad. Like, I would actually enjoy their music. Yeah, I I enjoyed the song. Okay, so who wants to play a quick game before we end? Yeah, let's play a game. Let's play a game. Um, So what we're going to do is the Ship It or Rip It Challenge. So I have written down all of the students' names on little slips of paper. I'm going to pull out two, and we're going to see what kind of ship we get and decide if we ship it or if we rip it. So you guys ready? Always. Always. (laughs) All right, so our first person is Willow Jenks. All right. And then person number two. All right, Cassie Tate from Touchstone or Raw. (laughs) <laughs> what do we think? Uh, I mean, I, like, how old is Cassie? I find it a bit I'm going to have to say no, just because Willow is a senior. Cassie is a <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say no. Otherwise, you know my, my multi-shipper heart would be all probably about this, because Cassie's low-key just Amber reincarnated, but we're not going to get into that tangent right now, either. <laughs> I'm going to say no, because there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. I think if maybe they were the same age, I could see it. But um, for yeah. Willow to probably be eighteen and Cassie is probably like fourteen because they're not. She's not even a freshman yet. I think she's a eighth grader, right? Yep. Yeah, that would just not be good. So, all right, let's do like one or two more. Let's see who else we get. All right, next we have Patricia. Oh, suspense. Patricia and oh, Patricia and Eddie. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean no. 
you know, I I have a petty icon on my Twitter, but like I don't think I spent years of my life voting to them. But I, I just I don't think I actually ship it. I think this is just the facade for the clout. I'm kidding. They are literally the OTP of OTPs. They set the standard for me. I will never love they, anyone they're... as much as I love them. Oh, I can't believe I pulled them. That's the wild faction. <laughs> yeah, I think it's obvious. Everyone ships them. You, how do you not ship them? Even if you don't love I think it's hard to love them as much as Emily does because Emily is just like the queen of petty, but I still love yeah. petty. They're a great ship. We love a good love to hate story. Or hate to love story. I love a love to hate story. Why not? <laughs> well, they were also a love to hate story, if you remember season three. But They were a hate to love to hate to love story. Enemies to lovers, the enemies. Okay, we'll do one more. Okay, first character is Nina Martin. I really hope it's Fabian. Oh, I Nina. No, not. not Nina and Mick. No, I kind of shipped this. I wrote a fan fiction about them. I mean, like, sure, I'd be here for it. <laughs> you know what? If they actually ever did, we could add them to my, you know what? I Yeah, we're going to go ship it. Yeah, ship no, it, I, see it. I, I <laughs> never finished this fan fiction, but I wrote a fan fiction where in season three, Nina left the school because she got a scholarship to a school in Australia and then she arrives and it's actually oh, yeah. Mick's school in Australia and then they start solving mysteries together and fall in love. So I ship them, even though they never talk. I'm into it. I think it would be kind of funny if after season uh, a of Raw when Fabian and Mara decide to be a thing, if Nina and Mick decide to be a thing too. <laughs> They're just like, Nina, well, what? our significant others are dating. I guess we could date too. Mick sending Nina a Facebook message like, so just see Fabian and Mara, let's go out. I have to do something fueled by my heartbreak. And then He's they'll like, have a I photo can... shoot like Jerome and Mara did to make them jealous. Mick, like, I can handle <laughs> being dumped for Jerome because, but my best friend betrayed me, man. Yeah, that's kind of not the move. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's kind of that's kind of rough for Mick. Poor Mick. He really gets the short end of the stick. <laughs> he does. Poor Mick. Poor Mick. Mick is better. Anyway, so that's a wrap on our first episode of House or Anubis Backwards. We should appropriately pimp out our social medias, aka we need to know what they're actually. Yes, I have them written down. I'm ready. So if you want to follow us on social media, uh, check us out on Instagram. It's at Anubis Backwards Pod. You can also check us out on Twitter, Anubis Podcast. And we also have an email. So if you want to send us your thoughts on episodes, maybe we'll read them on a future episode if you just put the episode title in the subject or something so we know what you're talking about. Um, But our email is anubisbackwardspod at gmail.com. So we would love to hear from you guys, all 12 of you listening to this. So. <laughs> hey, we've got 34 followers on Twitter, so maybe it'll be like maybe it'll be like 15 instead of 12. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, we've got a good amount of followers on Twitter and Instagram for the fact that like, we haven't even released an episode yet. Yeah, so thank you guys for your support, despite not knowing a thing thank about you. this show. <laughs> or about our show, because you know about House Manubis, so. But how do we close this? Are we going to really go Sabuna every da- every time to close this episode? Or yes! Close- yeah. Thank you. Uh, we can all say that we're from America. Yeah, don't forget, we're from America, obviously. We will see you guys yeah. next Friday. Sabuna. Bye. Sabuna. Sabuna? And yes, I just did the hand thing. <laughs> Sabuna! Sabuna!